Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome in, everybody, to Wednesday's edition, May 27th of the OBR Newswire podcast. I am your host, Jake Burns. We are coming at you guys uh, in the middle of the week here. Hopefully, you're having a great week. Hopefully, you've bounced back from the holiday weekend, back in the groove. We are going to have a pretty interesting topic that I think will pertain to the Browns' uh, future cap situation, many more things, uh, especially building on yesterday's conversation about Jamal Adams and how he fits in this structure um, we will get to that in just a little bit. Before we do so, I want to talk about our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. With NASCAR back, many sporting events coming back soon. There's no better time to get started in the betting industry. BetOnline.ag is the way to go should you choose. They have the simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events going now until those real sports come back in full force. You can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style simulation that you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the last dance documentary with Michael Jordan. They're calling this interview and fun little get-together the final dance. So check that out on the YouTube channel. Visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and you'll receive your welcome bonus. Check out all the action. That's a quick welcome bonus. that will put some money in your pocket to gamble. It's using betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. So today we're going to continue to look at um, projecting the future, which is just it's generally all we can do right now is look at what the roster situation currently sits at. We're waiting for these NFL headquarters, NFL front offices, and buildings to open back up again because when they open up, that's when visits can happen in the likes of Everson Griffin and Jadevian Clowney and many others will be able to actually get out to different and various organizations and make a decision based on what is offered to them right now. I feel like everyone's just kind of sitting and waiting until everything opens up again to make some of those key decisions for those those names everybody is interested in. And then you start talking about Brown's contracts and how they could fit Jadevin Clowney or how they could fit a Jamal Adams that they went out and traded for them. Um, you start to think about what, is, what does it look like for the Browns cap-wise if all of these names that they have you know talked about adding – if they all hit, right? Uh, if, if they, if the names that are here, uh, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, among others, if they all hit, they have to pay all of those guys. We talk about it, but there's a lot of uncertainty still around them. And I think Baker Mayfield's case is partic- particularly interesting to check out Carson Wentz, and that's what Jared Mueller did for us recently on uh, the OBR page. You can you can go check out that article, which is. Title Carson Wentz revisiting Paul DiBodesta's not top 20 comment that was made pre-2016 draft. So it's going to be looking at tracking sort of how Wentz's growth went through the year. So um, you probably, the connection to the 2016 draft that the Browns, safe to say, botched. And you could look at um, Carson, and I know everybody in the fan base has from you know a distant perspective. It's either Carson or Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes, all those guys that they could have had, right? 
um, we've watched from afar. And Wentz was the one particularly in 2016 that the Browns felt most attracted to. Sorry, I should say more attached to because they had him right there with the second pick. And Philly took that second pick, jumped up, and moved up with Cleveland. Cleveland again moved down one more time. But that quarterback is the most plausible, I think, to say that guy could have been in Cleveland very easily. And, um, you know, what Jared did was really interesting tracking Carson and the money that he received and sort of the progress at which the quarterback went along because Carson had a big breakout second year. And, um, you know, there there's some interesting data that says he has not been as good as that second year in the, in the two years following. But let's talk to Jared. So we'll bring in Jared. Um, now Jared is, uh, is obviously an OBR colleague of mine, uh, puts out a, a variety of different fun things this winter. Article is something I was really interested in checking out, and I'll ask you first, Jared. You know, the question to me is: is based on what you gather, what you read, what you break down, is he actually a? Um, you know, does he buck the the statement from Deep Podesta that they didn't think he would be a top twenty quarterback? In your opinion, is he a top twenty quarterback? You know, for me, he is, and and what I really try to do with the piece is is take out opinion because I think. We tend to all have bias for a ton of different reasons. And if you asked a lot of people right now, is Carson, where would Carson Wentz fall in your quarterback ranking? Many people are going to say top 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that area. When you look at a lot of statistics, he does almost all of them, you know, fall in kind of the top 20. And so whether you're talking about uh, QBR, you're talking about passer rating, PFF grades, those kind of things. He does fall within the the top 20. I think what maybe, I mean, the t- number 20 is is relative, but I think really what Deep Edesso was talking about more so is you don't want to be stuck paying an Andy Dalton type player or even a little bit better top level money because of what that means for the rest of your roster. And I would say I do not think based on everything that I looked at and all the research and all the data, I do not think Carson Wentz has proven yet based on injury, age, fumbles, QBR pass rating, all of those things that he is the type of quarterback who can carry a team, uh, especially now as his contract, he's going to be covering 15 to 20% of the Eagles um, total salary cap um, starting in 2021. So I think uh, Deep Podesta was wrong in his raw number. The question really is, is, is Carson Wentz someone, a number two level pick, worth being paid 15% or more of your team's salary cap? Is he able to carry a team the way a Russell Wilson has, a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees? Go on down the line, when you're paying someone that much money, they have to be able to carry that much weight. So Deep Podesta was wrong, but I'm not sure he was as wrong as maybe people would think just based on opinion. Um, and it's why I really tried to focus on information, data, those kind of things to really kind of drive the conversation. Yeah, so so what's, what's interesting to me is with Carson – the big breakout second year, injuries stop it, and then it's sort of fallen back by whatever metrics you want to look at, whether it's passer rating, QBR, uh, pro football focus sort of tears him in the 14 to 19 range. And, um, you know, my, my question would be, things obviously for Baker are much better his rookie year, right? Like much better than the 25th, 26th, 25th area quarterback that Carson was his rookie year, big breakout second year, is if Baker has a great third year, say he finds himself in the top 10 in a lot of these metrics, 
What sort of contract do you see them giving him, Jared? Do you see something similar to Carson? Like, talk about what Carson's deal is and what something like, you know, could the Browns... Because every seems like every quarterback contract that comes up is, like, bigger than the others I've ever seen. Um, you know, like, if they're looking at Dak right now, for example. Um, but but it doesn't... I don't think the Browns and Baker, it has to be that way, right? I don't think it has to be that way. I think what will be really interesting is... Um, Baker will come a year after Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And that's what's really going to create something really interesting for Mayfield and for the Browns is if he has that amazing third year, does it look like he's going to kind of jump into that tier? And will he negotiate in that way? Uh, Wentz's deal um, signed two off seasons ago at this point in time um, is for $66 million guaranteed. Uh, fully guaranteed in 107 million in practical, and so I think when we look at what um, the Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, the Dak Prescotts, those deals, what we've heard about Dak, Dak Prescott is you're talking about 35 to 40 million dollars a year, and so if that's signed this year, and then Mahomes and Watson next year, I think what's going to be really interesting is what is really important to Mayfield, and not only to Mayfield but to the NFLPA and to his agents who really are going to be looking at um, how do we continue to continue to set the market, even though at least right now it seems laughable to put Baker Mayfield in the same conversation as those other guys. I think, unfortunately, the way the NFLPA, as they should, uh, and, and agents push their players, I think you're still going to be talking about very, very similar money, which at some level is going to make the Wentz deal overall um, possibly look pretty cheap. Uh, and so unfortunately, uh, timing really sets up Baker Mayfield that if he has a good year or a great year, that he's going to be in line for a Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson type deal, even if he only has his rookie year, which he was very pretty good, very good, whatever terms you want to use, a really bad second year in a disastrous situation, if he has a good to great year, the Browns will kind of be stuck, right? They still won't have a great idea but much like Carson Wentz, they know what it's like not to have a quarterback who has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. So if you believe after three years, Baker Mayfield has a chance to be your franchise quarterback, you have to pay the guy. Just like the, Dalton got paid, Wentz got paid, Jared Goff got paid. You have to pay the guy unless you decide to buck that trend, and then you have to trade that guy. And I really think that's where the Browns would be after year three if Baker has a very good to great season. Yeah, then you start looking at the Kirk Cousins situation, right? Although Kirk wasn't, you know, a first overall pick or anything like that, but he was starting to produce, and they didn't know if they wanted to pay him. And then the uh, franchise tag situation occurred, and it was messy, right? It was messy for both sides down the line, and not entirely fun for either team involved. And he ends up eventually leaving. I don't know. It, it, with Baker, um, it is it is not a, a year three situation where I call it. Some people call it do or die. I don't think that's the situation, but I do think there are two wide ends of the spectrum here that yep. are very much at play. Like, if you recall last year, if you if you paid any attention to Chicago, uh, there were people clamoring for Mr. Bisky to have like an MVP <laughs> season, and they thought, and you do, you laugh at this point, but no, but there, I, yeah, there, there I, were people yeah. right that like like were very convinced that he was going to break out and have this great year with Matt Nagy, right, in the second year of Nagy's system, and. He was going to be great, and I, and you know, we, like I said, we laugh at that now, but this is where we could be in a year if Baker doesn't play well. 
this is the situation where the Browns will have Case Keenum and maybe even look to bring in somebody else. So if Baker balls out, then you have the even tougher decision with Jared, which you just pointed out, is we kind of have to pay him, right? Like we kind of have to figure out a way to get this guy paid because in his first year, his first two years of being a quarterback, he's overcome terrible situations that you could justify the second year being terrible because of the coach. And then you could say, well, look, man, this is his first year with real structure, with a real head coach who has a real offensive idea. And look at what he did. He blew up. He did this, that, or the other. And I think you would probably hear some rumblings of, are they going to get him extended? If he has a really good year, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, something like that, um, there would start to be those rumblings. And then you are, like you said, Jared, very good point. They are kind of in between, and that's where it gets a little dicey. Maybe they can wait another year, but if you wait another year, then you got to look at, you know, after the third year, right? They got a the fifth year option comes up the and all that option. stuff. So it's going to be. At, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm looking at the Browns' guardrails right now, the ones that were set up under Paul DePodesta, Sashi Brown, and Andrew Barry. And so many of these things point to if Baker has a good year, they're going to pay him. One of them, it's very simple it says identify and pay early. It talks about the key positions being quarterback. It talks about keep investing in quarterbacks. Uh, it talks about factor in leadership and toughness. Um, you know, it talks about all of those things. And so be mindful of position scarcity. So I think, unfortunately, Browns fans um, should get used to no matter what, not no matter what, if Baker has a good year, whatever we consider a good year, 35 and 12, I might consider a very good year. But if Baker has a good year with some development and and seems to be building as the season goes on, I have no doubt based on what I'm looking at in their guardrails and based on their history and what they know it looks like not to have a quarterback that they're going to pay him money that pretty much every Browns fan is going to say he doesn't deserve, but it's just how it works in the NFL. You're either, you don't have one or you have one that you hope can you take continue to take those steps. And even as you talk about the franchise tag, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, those contracts are going to push that franchise tag up into the 30-some million dollar range, even for the first year. Whereas with Kirk Cousins, the first year, I believe it was around 18, 19, somewhere in that area. And then it started to get bumped up from there. So it yeah, already that, that becomes, fifth year option becomes dicey. It know, does. Absolutely. They, they so do. I think I think we know at the end of this year um, and I think it's going to be a very clear decision on their part, because if they don't pay early and he has a second good year with Stefanski in the system, well, now they're going to have to significantly pay him more than Mahomes and Watson and whoever else kind of has come up. And they're they're going to allow the, the market to kind of set his value. And he's going to have two great years. In, a, in the system, all of that kind of stuff. So, again, it's a little bit of a gamble. So they're going to gamble at the end of year three no matter what. And I think that's what, you know, Philly did. They did it with Carson Wentz. He had all these injuries. He had all these fumbles. Uh, and they still took that gamble. And they're going to be paying him until he's 32 years old. And, and they're going to be paying him a pretty significant amount of money. And worst case scenario, hopefully, that's what the Browns are going to be doing. Yeah, I think that that's... That's what's interesting to me is like they came in around the same age, 24 years old, and if you pay them that contract, you are paying them into their early 30s. And can those guys, whether injury or athleticism or ability to get the football out quick, can they keep playing at a high enough level to justify that money? The thing you want is for Baker to either prove it this year or be 
I hate to say it, be terrible. Yeah, and really, you're and really, absolutely right. Yeah, really clarify that decision for them so that they can either move on or they can, uh, you know, tie up themselves to something they think is going to be worth it. So it's going to be fascinating. I think Carson Wentz paints a really interesting picture for what this could all look like for Baker. So no better guy to bring on than Jared, who did a fantastic deep dive on this. If you have not read about revisiting uh, Paul DePodesta's top 20 comment, go read that. I will put the link to that article here in the bio. And, um, you know, leave your comment. Let us know what you think. There's 197 comments already in there. People were very interested in it. I hope you would be too. Jared, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, Jake. Have a good night, man. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us here on on, uh, on Wednesday. Hopefully you come back on Thursday and Friday, and we'll have some good guests. We're going to go back to uh, later in the week defending Lamar Jackson, that fun conversation with John Stephenson. We'll get there. Big thanks to Jared Mueller for taking some time for us tonight. Again, go read his article on Carson Wentz, analyzing the top 20 quarterback comment made in 2016, and let us know what you think. I think there's some good stuff there. Uh, make sure you're liking subscribing the YouTube channel, all that good stuff, and liking, subscribing, giving a review on this um, you know, podcast, whatever format you do use. We appreciate the feedback. Thanks for joining us again, and until we talk tomorrow, go Browns.